Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Asia Town Voice. What is Asia Town Voice? We're an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. We're an hour-long program that provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans' community, their culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And my name is Yin Tang. I'm here with Johnny Wu. Hello, everybody. And our special guest this week is once again Michael Fleming. Hey guys. And um, for those of you who listened last year when Michael was a guest of ours, um, he's here with the St. Clair Superior Development Corporation. And um, this week we particularly brought him in here to talk about the night market that the St. Clair Superior Development Corporation um, is hoping to throw relatively soon. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Now, um, if I'm correct that you received a grant uh, to do this event, and you're still looking for more grants to, to put on this event, am I correct? Yeah, we definitely are, but we have been funded by the Gunn Foundation to get this thing started, and it's a really exciting project that's going to be engaging the artists and the Asian community that are in and around Asiatown. That's amazing. Um, I remember last year you talked a little bit about it. The inspiration is kind of, um, from what I understood, it's like the Taiwanese night markets. It's something that happens after work hours, and it's a place for people to go, and it's like a mini um, Asian market, right? Right. So these come in all shapes and sizes. The ones that I saw were in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. um, and I think that was informing our discussion last year. But what we looked at there were... Um, there were a lot of the sort of bric-a-brac stuff that mm -hmm. uh, you can haggle over, a lot of touristy things. Mm -hmm. We're hoping for something that's a little bit more interesting than that, but also just as fun and eclectic. Would it be safe to say it's kind of like an Asian flea market for people who are a little bit unfamiliar with it? You know, it depends. It really depends. So uh, let me give you a little bit of background. Um, since we talked last time, we started to shape this a little bit more because some of the needs that we realized in the neighborhood are that we have this amazing Asian, like thriving Asian community, mm -hmm. amazing restaurants, amazing shops. And at the same time, we have all of these artist galleries that are essentially in the same neighborhood. And we call that the Quarter Arts District. Mm -hmm. um, it's essentially the same geography as uh, Asia Town. Mm -hmm. um, but what we have not seen is a lot of collaboration between those two groups. So conceivably, you could come to Asia Town, enjoy an amazing meal, and then go to a gallery opening mm -hmm. almost in the same building, but certainly within walking distance. But people aren't doing that right now. Right. They're not going to both. And so our goal is to make it so that you do come to Asia Town and you stay for an entire evening. And, and um, recognizing that as a, as a need, we sought to turn the, Asia, uh, the night market concept into something that can really bring people out on the street, show them that it's, it's not only safe, but fun and enjoyable to be out in Asia Town in the evening, and, um, and show them that there are both restaurants and galleries in the same, um, within walking distance of one another. Now, off the top of your head, can you uh, name some of the art galleries, perhaps? Sure. Um, for example, if you were at uh, on East 30th Street, which is right next to um, Asia Plaza, you could go into the 1400 East 30th building, and um, there is um, um, galleries on the fourth floor there, uh, including oh <laughs> Bridget Ginley, um, who is amazing. And uh, down on the first floor, um, you can find... Um, 
Oh, shoot, I'm blanking on the name right now. It I, starts with a Z. Uh, it's totally new to me. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well, there's a there's a, um, a, a printing gallery that I'm going to come up with the name in, oh. in short order as soon as we switch the subject. <laughs> yes, I think, I think I've driven by and I've seen a sign. It's, it's on East 30th, right? Correct. Okay. So, uh, Michael, what's an example of some of the galleries in uh, the Asia Town area that might be interested in being a part of this night market? So, for example, if you go over to East 30th Street, um, in fact, right next to uh, um, the, the Asia Plaza, you could go to Zygote, you could go to the East 30th Street Studios. Um, there's a great artist named Bridget Ginley who's on the fourth floor of the 1400 building right there on East 30th, and that's just one little node that we have. Um, if you were to go over to Old Chinatown, which is uh, on Rockwell, mm -hmm. right around the corner from that, you have Tower Press, and that's full of artists. So that's what we want to expose, is that there is, it's not just Asia Town that's right here, it's also these artists that are tucked away in warehouse buildings, and you could make wow. a whole afternoon or evening out of it. That's amazing. Do um, these warehouses have signs of something? Um, that's actually one of the problems that we identified, and I'm glad you pointed that out. So one of the reasons we want to do night markets is to bring attention to these buildings where artists are, but also we want to do a leave-behind of some sort. Mm -hmm. So the goal would be that we can engage an artist per night market who will actually create public art that will be left behind. It will um. uh, identify that this is a place that arts happen. That's a great idea, yeah. So what about some of the uh, the restaurants that you have in mind? Um, are there any uh, little hidden away gems of restaurants that usually don't come out that you're hoping to get for the night market? Sure. Um, I mean, I don't know how hidden this is anymore, but for example, in what we're calling Pho Row, I mean, it's Pho, but Pho Row, where mm -hmm. we have uh, Number One Pho, Superior Pho, and Saigon Grill all right next to one another, I would say that um, we could bring more attention to that, for example. Like, Superior Foe is technically hidden, um, even though in reality I think everybody already knows. <laughs> everybody <that>. knows. <laughs> everybody knows it's secret nuke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You'd have the park in the back and come in through yes. that little right. door, and, right. yes. and unless you know where it is, you might go in through the wrong door. But so. there's a Korean-Japanese restaurant that's inside that mall, too. Exactly. Actually, I heard a rumor that Ha'an, the Korean restaurant, closed recently. So I think you're right, but it's, I heard that it just changed hands. So okay. it might be open again. Oh, so That's good. Um, but if not that, then you could go down to Asia Town Center where mm -hmm. you have, uh, there's another faux restaurant in there. Mm -hmm. It's uh, in there's the Koo, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's a new, uh, I think it used to be faux 99. It used to be. It fun. used to be, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And I don't know the name of it right now, but it's also, that's a good place too. Mm -hmm. um, upstairs from that, there's a Korean restaurant. Miga. That's great, Miga. Um, that has five different spellings. Every time I see it, it's always spelled <laughs> differently. They also have a party room, too, so for special events. Do they really? Well. Yeah. Yes, yes, beside Miga. It's, and a, it's across the hall from the, the main restaurant part, so most people kind of miss it when they yes, walk by. It's, oh, I didn't and see I've it. seen it. It's, um, it's, it's glass walls, and people can see through it. And I've seen it when people have used it for functions. Yeah. And karaoke, too. Yes. Well, speaking of party rooms, the other place that we could point out is if you go to Tink Hall, Mm -hmm. um, there is that amazing Szechuan, Szechuan yes, Gourmet. Yes. So whenever <laughs> I need my spice fix, I go mm -hmm. in there, and they have a little party room too. I forget what it's called. It says on the outside, it's for when you can do karaoke. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what are the what's the the letters that they use? Oh, um, I don't know what the letters are. I I've been in the party room for my brother's graduation, okay. and uh, it's yeah. There's karaoke in there. You close the door. It's pretty soundproof. Nobody could really complain about her singing. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. so, but the food there is definitely authentic. My mother's from Sichuan, and 
every summer when we would go there, I would definitely have Chetzwan food, and their food is definitely very, very authentic. When I mean, they have three chili peppers, they mean three chili peppers. Absolutely. Is- like, the, the basket of fried chicken and the peppers, amazing. Uh-huh. Definitely amazing. Now, there's a slight difference, but I think it's more that the, the meat itself is different. It's not the spices, but mm-hmm. the cooking is definitely authentic, so... I would love to see them at night market. I would just get my basket of like chili pepper or chicken and just eat that as I go. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so that's one of the things that we want to encourage too. So we do have um, uh, an operator for night markets. Um, it's the same woman who runs the Cleveland Flea. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that in a second. But um, we want it to be its own authentic experience for Asia Town. And so to do that, we're definitely going to need the artists in... Uh, the quarter arts district slash Asia town to be a part of this and we also want um, our Asian businesses to be a part of it in some way too so whether or not they want to open uh, up a stall for the night market um, there might be some other ideas for perhaps like street food you mm-hmm. know um, that was the thing that really got me going in Hong Kong was that the street food is totally different than what you would get in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of exciting for me is that it was, you know, smaller bites of food, you know, something that you can actually carry around, but, you know, something that it was just totally foreign to me, at least. Uh, You mentioned Hong Kong. Did you go to the colon side or the... uh, Both sides. Oh, both sides. Yeah, both sides. Um, It was actually part of a larger trip to mainland China. Uh, we're working on a sister city program with Zhongshan, China. Were you able to uh, enjoy? The, did you indulge in a lot of street foods in uh, in Hong Kong? In <laughs> Hong Kong, not. I know <laughs> it's like amazing. Well, some people <laughs> go there, but they don't touch it. Well, I, know I can see. Filipino, so yeah. for me, I'm pretty ambitious uh, okay. uh, when it comes to food and adventurous and. Um, I mean, I used to be a chef, so... Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah we okay, talked about this why. at the last one, but um, in fact, they wanted me to bring a dish in today, but yeah. I totally <laughs> I failed on that one. The reason I ask is I always watch um, the Food Channel, Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmern. Yeah. And he always hits the uh, the street the street foods of any country well, that he visits. The ones that I really liked the most in Hong Kong were called, I think they were either squid or octopus balls. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, were, those are good. They were delicious. Yeah, I've had those. They, they sell the frozen ones at the uh, Asian markets around downtown here. Really? Um, yeah, they're they're in the frozen aisle, so. Okay, so like what's the sauce those. that it came with? It, it was some sort of like almost mayonnaise creamy sauce. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm used to having it with like a hoisin or even like a teriyaki kind of sauce. Okay. So I've never really had it with like a mayonnaise sauce. Maybe okay. mayonnaise and sriracha it's an idea yeah, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> right. did i eat something here <laughs> oh is it kind of like when you go to a hibachi restaurant they have that that they call it the seafood sauce is that yeah. is that what it is it's it might have been yeah it's kind of spicy mayonnaise is yeah. that what it is yeah. okay i i you know what i don't know what's in it uh, but it should I be a very simple recipe i thought you were about to reveal the contents of that <laughs> so i was like listening and looking well, at you, you I, we can google it i mean yeah. to say what is that seafood it's, i mean it's the same throughout it the hibachi tasty. restaurants yeah, so that sauce is tasty. it might just be mayo <laughs> and shirasha yeah. it might that just might be it so it seems pretty simple to make but, <laughs> <laughs> but um so do you have a location in mind for this night market well, we have a lot of uh, geography and real estate to feature in Asia Town. So um, I mentioned just a few of the examples of places where there's both restaurants and and, um, um, and Asian shops, as well as galleries right next to one another that we want to get that interaction going. Um, but there's really multiple nodes where this is happening. So you could look at a, a, at, East, a, at the East 30th, where I mentioned, or you could go over to East 36th, where you've got um, both... Uh, um, 
Asia Town Center, mm-hmm. which is right across the street mm-hmm. from Tyler Village. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Village has a lot of artists and musicians, and they also have, you know, a beer brewery and other things oh, in there really? too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, cultural cross connections that we can make by doing this. So for the first year, um, at least during the summer months, we want to be able to move this around from space to space. So once a month, it would feature different uh, real estate in the neighborhood so that people start to familiarize themselves with who, who are new to the area will familiarize themselves with Asia Town and the Quarter Arts District at the same time and, and get comfortable being, you know, out in the open at the same time. I kind of... I personally would like it see to see the night market somewhere near Coco Bakery, in my opinion. <laughs> which um, I heard a rumor there's a new owner there. It's just a rumor. I, I don't know if it's confirmable. It's still a rumor from my uh, radio broadcast. I also said it's a rumor. It's a rumor. So <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the food's still the same. The food tastes the same. So I don't know if if it's a new owner or not, or if there's just more place. new people hired. So yeah. yeah, I hope if it is, let's say knock on wood, if it is a new owner, I hope they keep it, the name as Coco Bakery and that they continue to make food the same way. So. Yeah. same quality and yes. the same quality absolutely last time i was there i didn't see the owner well it could she's be that she just hired there. more people yeah. and she's yeah. just could taking be. a vacation but i love their desserts so where I hope do they... those sandwiches come from they're not they're, i guess they're not sandwiches they're like the little buns. pieces of bread with like ham or egg baked on the them yes yeah they we, make and them. It's the they light, make well i know they i know they make i guess where what's the origin of them because they're oh. so unique to me I, th- I think it's a east meets w- east meets west kind of thing. I don't know a hundred percent. I think okay. she's a big fan of fusion. Yeah, she so. is. Because those are wonderful, and the the oh, breads yeah, are so are. much lighter than what I've had in other places. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. yeah. So it's it's like a classic um, sweet um, Chinese bun. I think you find the sweeter foods uh, towards the south a little bit, like the sweeter buns and whatnot. Um, and it's that that mixing with the sweet and the salty that I really like. And the egg yolk is just a little bit runny and not too runny, and I find it perfect. Mm-hmm. And the ham and turkey is just that's that's lunch right there. So yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming you're not vegetarian or anything. Evidently not. <laughs> but uh, but I had a couple of vegan friends who've ate there, and they said the food there is great. It's vegetarian, vegan friendly. So I mean, I hope <laughs> they really hang out there much longer. Well, uh, I can for a tell you, time. in that trip to China, I would not have been able to be. Uh, yeah. vegetarian at all. It's no, difficult. I didn't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. Uh, my friend who's over there, uh, he was here for a little while, but then he went back to China with his wife, and uh, they're both vegan, so they just tell everybody they're Buddhist every, everywhere they go. <laughs> they're like, we don't want to explain why we don't eat meat, so they just kind of explained it off as a religious thing. Right. So. And yeah, Buddhists, you know, their, their religion is harm none, and don't eat that which was alive with a brain, I guess. <laughs> so they're vegetarian. Well, I will never be a Buddhist. I, I, I swear. That's right. <laughs> DJ Lexicon, his philosophy is, I do not eat the food of the food. That's right. <laughs> so That's he, right. Oh, how he, funny. He will not. <laughs> well, you have to eat some vegetables, right? They, yeah, they slip you know, in there the occasionally. The vegetable, <laughs> right? It's made of leaf. You, you eat like the little little bit of parsley for yes. garnish on the When side. I eat those, it's, it, it uh, meets my daily uh, oh, vegetable man. requirement. <laughs> it's like a breath minute. Yes. Whatever. Yes. What does your doctor say? They don't like the philosophy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, so it sounds like the night market is uh, uh, more for um, helping to literally grow this area of, um, you know, St. Clair and Superior and as well as Asia Town as well, because there's so many different eclectic artists there. Um, my friend actually owns a studio, Proximity Cleveland. Proximity Gallery, yeah. yeah. That's on East 40th. They, um, two of the owners I went to high school with, and I had no idea they were there for the first two years. And mm. one day I just walked by, I'm like, 
I know those names. So it's kind of cool. They have a wonderful gallery. When it, whenever they they do different shows at different times of the year and just fantastic shows. Yeah, I remember um, I went with my husband for their, uh, what was it called? It was like Second Lives or something. It was like a video game kind of a gallery, a showing. We bought like a ton of stuff there. And mm-hmm. we usually don't buy anything at our galleries, but it was just amazing. Huh. They um, Beth Wally's the one of the... Right. Yeah, and Laura Skihan. So they had... Um, this samurai Mario fighting this monster, almost Japanese-looking. Um, oh, what was that evil turtle's name in Mario again? King. Oh, King? it starts with Bowser. A, yes, that's what it is. Oh yes. man, I'm so embarrassed. So Bowser. So it's like Wait, almost. As are you Im- more embarrassed because you forgot, or I that forgot. you remembered? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I used to be a really big video game. What kinds geek. of um, works are in proximity? It it changes from time okay. to time. They All do right. special gallery showings. Like they had paper crafts one time. Um, then they had a special Halloween one with masks one time. And there was like a giant zombie mummy in the corner. It was pretty cool. Um, but when we were there, our favorite one by far was definitely the Second Lives or Renewed Lives or something. I can't remember. But um, yeah, eventually we bought the Mario and the Bowser uh, statue. It's sitting in his office and he loves it. And there was Dig Dug and then we bought like this record with like video games painted on it and yeah definitely uh, Michael's right there's a lot of really awesome galleries downtown <laughs> I, I so mean, for I our <laughs> listeners check out Proximity Gallery because right. it sounds like a very um, eclectic and exciting flexible gallery so and check out a lot of the other galleries too I know Tyler Village um, uh, Desert Parkman did something with St. Clair Superior oh, many years ago and I remember she had like a dance studio in Tyler Village as well and I, I mm-hmm. worked with her a little bit on that project um, but speaking of art projects and uh, art in this area, we know that the St. Clair Superior Development Corporation does an art project with the uh, Asian zodiac signs, like uh, last year was the Year of the Snake, Mm -hmm. and you did a wonderful auction. Now, this year is the Year of the Horse. Right. Um, So, yeah, again, it's the Year of the Horse, and we uh, we have just finished accepting artist submissions. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't heard about this programming, what we do is um, we have these statues that are made out of fiberglass that are produced for us in the shape of these different animals. And last year was the snake. The year before that was the dragon. And I'm a dragon. So oh, that, yes. was, that awesome. was my favorite. Awesome. You're like Bruce Lee. We exactly. should get along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, and the these are going to be on pedestals throughout the neighborhood. Um, uh, local businesses will sponsor them. City Hall usually sponsors one. And so we'll put these throughout the uh, generally through the Asiatown neighborhood. But it is as far as downtown depending on who sponsors. And the sponsors can just uh, sponsor it for the summer, which would be at the $1,500 level, or they can purchase it at the $2,500 level, or they can like really purchase it at the $5,000 level, (laughs) in which case they get two whole tables at our event and a bunch of other things too. Nice. Um, And the, uh, the artists that they're sponsoring will do you know, just sort of reimagine the entire outside of this, of, uh, in this case, a horse. Um, sometimes they do them thematic, like a uh, water-based one or okay. fire, or sometimes it's very whimsical. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually have one from the guys over at OTC, which is Ohio Technical College. Mm-hmm. So those guys do all sorts of car detailing. Yeah. Really? And they make yeah. really amazing statues where they'll cut the body in half and do something no like way. add wheels to it, add an engine uh, to it or something. So their parts are like automotive-based. Yeah, it's always automotive. Out of that, yeah, exactly. they create art. 
So, Did they do the snake with the cutout and the chest? No, that no. was a different artist um, okay. whose name eludes me right now, but he is incredible. And his his statues always go for the highest really? bids every year <laughs> because he really, really works hard on them. I believe it. Yeah. Um, and I know that you guys do like an unveiling too somewhere early summer, late spring around that time. Yeah. So that will be in uh, May that we do the unveiling. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much the next week they're going to be out on the street. Uh, and then in the end of September is when we do the auction. That's amazing. And um, my husband's already told me, oh, when it's the year of the boar, we should we should bid on a boar. I'm like, oh, Jesus, where are we going to put it? <laughs> Our little backyard. Well, the, the bad <laughs> put it in the you. porch behind. Where, What's w- that? In the patio behind the house. Yeah, that's, that's what he by said. By the grill. <laughs> yeah, by the grill. So you could have roast pork. Roast but pork. You, you're saying there's bad well, news. Well, not bad news, bad news. But we did, we've already done the year of the pig, which was, uh, how many years ago was that? So it was before my time at St. Clair Superior, but I think it was probably six years ago. Um, So we have to go through the whole cycle before we get back to it. Yeah, I think we're, um, let's see, about six years away. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so. Time flies. We're going to have to start a separate savings account just for bidding. Well, we got the, we have the year of the ram coming up too. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be, I think that's, yeah, so year of the horse is this this year starting on the 29th of January. The 30th. 30th of January. And then uh, it'll be in 2015, it will be the year of the ram or the sheep. And Mm. so we we're excited about that because you guys heard about our urban grazing program. That's true. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's true. So I, I want to pet the llama. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got 30 sheep and a llama that are grazing on North Marginal Road. It's amazing. At East 55th. And it's, oh, really? Yeah. I need been, to check that out. Are they guarded? They have a fence. And in fact, the, they, she mentioned the llama. The llama is actually a guard llama. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, that? Does it carry arms? No. no they're mean. <laughs> they're mean. They're in, they can be very intimidating. And if so that's, really? that's what he's there for. I can't imagine a llama being intimidating. Oh, well, my gosh. You have to approach them the right way. Or do they have like tattoos in their arms? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't say they were a thug llama. Okay. they just <laughs> guard llamas. Just yeah, guardian just guard llama, llamas. Yeah. I'm intrigued um, now. So, listeners, East 55th and... And North Marginal Road. North right on the Marginal. Lake. Do not approach check. the llama aggressively. Yeah. Bring Morning. a telephoto lens. <laughs> yeah. But I heard that they're actually quite docile unless they're near other llamas and they start acting out. Kind of like, I don't know, two little kids together. So. Like, my understanding of it is that they basically join the flock. Mm-hmm. So, if they're oh. if they're with the sheep, they're kind of with the sheep as that flock. They're, they act oh. like really, mm. really tall sheep. <laughs> and... <laughs> When they're, if you put another llama on the site, then the two llamas would just go off on their own and hang out, whereas the sheep would be left to their own devices. Oh, interesting. interesting. So there's like five uh, sheep and one llama. The llama will like... Hang with the sheep. Hang with the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Flexible animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also um, alpacas are, they're more docile than llamas, but they can be pretty hyper too. I saw some of them at like uh, f- uh, fairs before and I petted them and... They kind of run away, they're shy, and they're very energetic. And then there's the vicuña, which is even smaller than that. And I think it's the national animal of Peru because mm. it's on their flag. Okay. Interesting. I have a friend. I had a friend from Peru, so that's what she told me. I'm like, is that an alpaca or a llama? She's like, no, it's a vicuña. So I learned something. <laughs> so we. Yeah. It's, I, wonder, it's, uh, I wonder how, do, how this animal taste. <laughs> well, I know they're valued for their fur or the the wool that comes off of them. So, um, so how many statues are there usually for this art project? We've been doing twenty five every year. Um, there's more demand for the horse mm-hmm. uh, from a sponsorship level, so mm-hmm. we're probably going to do about thirty this year. Now, do people say why they they're um, more eager for the horse? 
You know, I have to tell you, it's a little bit of a mystery. We're not sure. So um, Dragon was really popular, mm -hmm. and that was sort of expected. Mm -hmm. um, the Year of the Rat, we thought that was not going to be popular at all. And because we thought, oh, it's a rat, you know, what could, yeah. what redeeming <laughs> characteristic is there of a rat? No offense, I'm a rat. Ian. No offense. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Ian is like thinking, what redeeming characteristics mm. do I have besides eat cheese? Right. I do like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought that wasn't going to be a very popular year and it ended up being one of our most popular. And really? uh, we brought in the most that year through oh, our auction. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, from what I know about the Year of the Horse, is it means success. So that might be why it's a little bit more popular. Um, you know, uh, we talked about this last week. If, you, if there's a picture of running horses and whatnot, especially like 10 running horses, then it means like ultimate success. Like you cannot fail. And of course, you know, there's like symbolism in Chinese numbers. Like uh, if you have six, it means things will go smoothly. They'll go well. Eight means prosperity. Nine means it's heaven's will and something like that. Um, so I think that's probably why the year of the horse is popular. They probably, you know, just researched it a little bit, seeing it, it is a uh, Chinese zodiac that these animals are coming from or Asian zodiac that these animals are coming from um, and I think the reason why the rat's popular if you um, do you know the story about the Chinese zodiac and why they're the animals are in the order that they are I have heard this before but I, I, I want to be refreshed okay well, as the story goes um, some big shot up in heaven uh, God Buddha um, the, what's the Confucius? Guy, the Yellow Emperor? Oh. <laughs> maybe no. Confucius <laughs> is a little too young for that. Monkey Emperor. But um, maybe the Monkey Emperor. But anyway, somebody um, wanted to help the humans organize the years and seasons. So they'll they'll say, okay, we'll have a cycle of twelve years, and each year will be four seasons. And in order to keep them straight, they wanted to give each of the years a name. So they decided to name them after animals. So the the dude that was in charge said to all the animals on the earth, here. Run a race. The first 12 that finish will have a year named after them in that order. So the rat um, is a very detail-orientated, brainy <laughs> creature <laughs> and sometimes is overlooked because they kind of like to keep to themselves. So the rat knew that it was never going to even survive the race because of all the much larger animals that might trample it. So it befriended the ox and it gave the ox directions, you know, because he could see from a higher vantage point he was sitting on the ox's head. So he helped the ox um, get through some trials and just like some obstacles and as he crossed the river well the rat didn't drown because he was sitting on the ox's head so but at the very end the rat jumped off of the ox's head I guess you could say it cheated yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know it kind of it just jumped off the ox, ox head so that's how the rat became number one and the ox was number two and so what does that say about you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that she will jump. I will jump. <laughs> I will cheat. <laughs> I don't know. I've been a pretty good kid. so. <laughs> but um, the rat is actually not the most mischievous on the Zodiac. The monkey is. So the monkeys are known to be really mischievous. The monkey king. And I'm we pointing, have a monkey in the room. <laughs> I'm <laughs> pointing at Alex, <laughs> yes, <laughs> for our listeners who, who can't see. So, um, but yeah, apparently the four, sorry, the three of us should be able to get along really well. Because should be partying well. Yeah, it's <laughs> like uh, four years, a space of four years in between. Okay. So, um, but, but yes, that's, that's why I think the horse is popular because a horse means success. Um, what about the auction? Like, how, how does that usually go about? I mean, I know that uh, you send out invites and people can purchase seats at this auction, um, if somebody wants to own one of these statues, is that the only way to go about it, or can they contact you directly to purchase one of the, the uh, statues? You could still be a sponsor right now if you wanted to buy it outright, and that would be, again, at the 
dollar level. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wait until the auction, which again is going to be in the end of September, um, it's a whole gala event. So we're going to be at Public Square this year um, at the former BP building. Okay. And we are going to have um, a silent auction along with it, in which it, in, if you wanted to bid on something there, for example, I actually offer a dinner. Yes, uh, yes, I remember seeing that. So my mom and I, <laughs> yeah, my mom and I will cook, and she's an excellent cook, and I used to be a chef, so we, right. we will do a Spanish meal, nice. um, and that goes to the highest bidder. So Some paella, perhaps? It is paella, yes. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Aaron and I kind of looked at each other like, should we do this, should we do this? And I'm like, no, we've been eating too much, so then we decided not to. <laughs> It's a good meal, though. We just, my mom and I just completed one the other night. Uh, Can you tell us who won this past year, or is that kind of confidential? Um, the There was actually two winners, because one offered to pay whatever the top bidder was. And so it ended <laughs> up being, um, uh, I think it went for 600 mm-hmm. and uh, And that's dinner for six with wine, with five courses, all Spanish, really good stuff. Mm. Um, and we'll come to your house and actually do it. And in this case, it was two people from a Slovenian community. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, Bob and Jerry Hopkins. Awesome. And it was very nice of... Um you to tell us who it is because now we'd be like, hey, next time you win this bid, we're going to come over and taste <laughs> exactly, Michael's food. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, but for the art project, uh, the Year of the Horse, the, the Zodiac Animals, whose idea was it initially? Because I personally think it's a great idea. So it was before my time that it was started, but I believe it was Catherine Starinsky. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to work at St. Clair Superior, and now she is uh, over in uh, Shaker Heights working for their government there. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about Carenta Vanier. Very good. The, Very close. Yes, yep. I'm learning it. And uh, we'll also get some updates and see what's new at the St. Clair Superior Development Corporation. And um, we'll see you in a couple minutes. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Asia Town Voice. We are an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. We're an hour-long program that provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. We're volunteer-based and hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. My name is Yin Tang. I am here with DJ Alexicon. Whoop, whoop. And our special guest today is Michael Fleming. Hey there. And uh, right now we're going to turn this over to DJ Lexicon, and he's going to do Alex's Corner. And uh, Miss Yin will fill out whatever events that I forget. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> what did I get myself into? Don't yes. forget, I can also fill that in. And D- uh, DJ. And Johnny Wu will also. <laughs> Johnny Wu. <laughs> 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 I'm a DJ now. <laughs> he is our ghost host. I yeah. used to be a DJ, but not anymore now. You know. So DJ Johnny, DJ D- no. Johnny Wu. I, I like calling him the ghost host. The he ghost. pops Thank up you, occasionally. The ghost host. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, ghost host will fill out whatever uh, events I miss. So uh, since it's January 26th, I hope you guys enjoy the um, ATC Lunar New Year that w- that happened uh, yesterday and today. And also, I hope you enjoyed the India Republic Day dinner last, uh, oh, yesterday, uh, January 25, which I was part of. So, but our feature events are, uh, there's there's a lot more events. Don't worry, guys. Don't feel sad that you missed out on this. So, 
On January 31st, one of the um, Lunar New Year celebrations motivations is having a Lunar New Year dinner at Liwa. Ooh. So that is Friday. It's $30 per head and it also includes the famous Quan Family Lion Dance Troupe. So for information, hit our Facebook site and you'll we'll post all the details there. And make sure to uh, uh, re- get your tickets soon as, as soon as you can because uh, Liwa do not have a lot of spacing. No, Motivations has a reservation of six tables, I think, for 10 persons each table and they fill up quickly. In fact, last year we have a waiting list and the people on the waiting list was not able to get in because, you know, and it was full. You can Google Motivation for Cleveland on Facebook, or you can just go to ocagc.org. We have the whole listing there, too. That's right. And also on February 8th is the OCAGC induction ceremonies for the newly elected officers. And our friend Lisa Wong is the new president and our outgoing president, Boo Johnny Wu. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's right so well. Well, you know what? I'm very happy that I'm not doing my career. It's actually happy. (laughs) However, I'm already being asked to be the VP of organization and public relations. Doesn't the VP actually do more? Yeah, I think it I guess does a lot more than being kind of, depressed. I, I, Lisa, I think she's going to do a lot more. You know, But I'm also very excited about February 8th because the national OCA president will be in town. Ooh. Oh, great. great. So we're probably going to do an interview with her. Yes. I was going to say, is it um, um, Madam or Mr.? Miss Sharon Wong. Cool. Oh. Where, is she, where is she from? Washington, D.C. Nice. Oh. She lives there too? Yes. Wow, okay. And these new officers will be elected by a newly elected Asian mayor of Brunswick. Oh, yeah. And he will be our guest next week. Next and week. And he has to, happens to be what? Filipino. If he happens to be Filipino. The name does not say it. Mayor Ron Falcone, <laughs> but <laughs> he is... Falcone uh, sounds very Italian to me. I think very I Italian. Think so. um, honestly, I don't know his background because we just started meeting up uh, from the past... I just met him recently over the past few months. So I don't really also know a lot about his background. So we'll find out about next week. So on February 2nd, the Cleveland Contemporary Chinese Culture Association will be having their annual Chinese New Year celebration. It's about two and a half to three hours of a performance program starting about two o'clock, perhaps three o'clock. I think it starts at two o'clock. Yes, yes, it does. Dinner starts around 530. Um, The show itself is free. It's at the Solon High School. But uh, if you would like dinner, you would either have to purchase tickets on site at uh, the Chinese school between 2 to 5 on a Sunday at Solon High School. Or um, I think it's a little bit more if you purchase it on the day of. And the dinner is usually between 7 to $10 if you're an adult and then 5 to $6 if you're, if you're a child. Sometimes it's even less. It just depends on uh, where they get the food from. So once again, the performance part is free and it starts at 2 o'clock on February 2nd. At Solon High School. Great. And um, something on February 3rd this year at 2.45 p.m., Asian Services in Action, Inc. and OCA Cleveland present for University of Akron's Rethinking Race Film Festival, Linsanity. Linsanity is a screening of the undrafted, unwanted, unwavering true story of Jeremy Lin, followed by a panel discussion and QA. This is going to happen at the University of Akron Student Union Theater at 303 Carroll Street, Akron, Ohio, 44325. And it it's free, free parking also. And um, if you're interested, go to their website, www.uacron.edu slash race. And remember, this is free and open to the public. 
And two more events on February 8th. Uh, February 8th, the Westlake Chinese School is having their uh, Lunar New Year celebration as well. And the Confucius Institute is also having their Lunar New Year celebration. Anything else, DJ Lexicon? Uh, and as we said, there's a lot of uh, events to, to attend to for this yeah. Lunar New Year. There's a lot of events. There's a lot of eating going on. And I'm sure Michael Fleming can appreciate the eating part there. Well, <laughs> we, there's one more event uh, that I have here available. is the CPEA. Oh, yeah. They're yes. having their Lunar New Year celebration on February 15th at CSU Main Classroom. Uh, prices, premium prices, $40. There's also $300, $20, $10, $10. And children under five is free. So they're um, selling tables? Is this dinner at main the, class? The tables, yeah. Tables? $300 okay. for Three the table eight. Okay, okay. Sorry. Makes sense. Oh. Uh, but yeah, this is a February 15, and it's going to be CSU. Uh, they got performances and food and DJ, dance. That's great. So, so Alex, that can DJ Alex can go there and uh, have fun and dance a little bit. Uh, yeah, for for a change. And for <laughs> for um, those gentlemen listening, if you uh, forget that February fourteenth is Valentine's Day, this February fifteenth would be a great makeup date for. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yes. So yes. remember, you can actually get all this information at ocagc.org. It's all listed there, so you can just go and find out which one you want to go attend. One more time. O-C-A-G-C dot O-R-G. Awesome. All right. So right now we're going to turn everything back to uh, Mr. Michael Fleming. And if he can tell us a little bit about this upcoming Caranto Vanier. Very good. Awesome. <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> and uh, what it is all about. So uh, one more date to get on everybody's calendar is March 1st. Oh, all right. And uh, March 1st is when we're celebrating our second annual Caranto Vanier. And that is a Slovenian festival um, that is literally the most popular festival in Slovenia. Um, you can imagine it's a lot like Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. It is a pre-Lenten festival, um, and Slovenia is a Catholic, mo predominantly Catholic nation. So they have uh, um, they celebrate Lent, and this festival is to kind of get everything out right before the forty days of oh, before uh, the Lent. Yeah, before forty days of whatever and it is that you're going to. There should be a lot of meat here, go. right? <laughs> definitely go. <laughs> I'll definitely be going because yeah. for the next forty days there is no meat; it's only fish on Fridays. Are you really going to follow that? I do follow it. I've been following it through my whole life. Interesting. <laughs> Must be tough for you. Very, very tough. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in this case, Kurentavanie actually means the day or the celebration of the Kurent. And Kurenti or Kurent is a, uh, it's a mythical um, uh, pagan Slavic beast hmm. that is um, sort of like half bird and half um, beast. Okay. And basically, you'd actually love to eat one of these things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I keep talking, Michael. Sure, I'm getting excited. <laughs> Alice is like, as long as Michael cooks it, right? Because yes. you would know how to, like, treat the meat yes, and everything. So, meat. I don't know. But so, its its job is to stomp away winter and welcome spring. Oh, and okay. they're these really furry animals. Um, in fact, I, they look a lot like Maurice Sendak's Where the Wild Things Are. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and they're about yes. seven or eight feet tall. They have feathers. They have beaks. They have, like, sort of uh, their bodies made out of sheep fur <laughs> that has no relation to our sheep program by the way <laughs> oh, okay. totally separate program all right <laughs> is that what happened to the sheep that's what happened to, <laughs> <at> the, <laughs> the, <day around. laughs> <laughs> so we have about 10 of them marching in the parade this time we so have these are good animals they are they yes, are although okay. the the mounted police were in the parade last year and the the horses were terrified of these things really yeah wow. actually one of them ran off with a police officer <laughs> really yeah <laughs> The horse freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> that so must be really good. Uh. It's an amazing costume. I, 
so I got to wear one of the costumes last year, and they have bells oh on gosh. them and everything, and they, they sort of saunter down the street, and again, it's like that sort of stomping motion that's supposed to be scaring away winter. Yeah, and I think the horse just couldn't figure it out. The I horse, the scare away yeah. horses also. It's like, what, what is this? Oh, is it man. going to ride me? <laughs> Those horses are big. You don't want to be And they are path. tall. They're yeah. taller than a regular Asian. <laughs> well, so we now know if we need to commit a crime in the city of Cleveland, you know, yes. you can just wear a current current outfit, and the cops will all be scared away, unfortunately. Oh, you know, unless they're on like bikes. Unless they're on bikes. Right? Yes. <laughs> That's not going to work. So, yeah, bikes won't run away, but. <laughs> so the festival, um, I, a little background, um, the Slovenian population in Cleveland, it's uh, the largest population of Slovenians in any city outside of Slovenia. Wow. Yeah. So when there was migrations out of Slovenia, the vast majority of people came to Cleveland. Just because that's who, you know, they knew people, they had relatives that were already here. And so we have uh, about 70,000 Slovenians. Where's in the uh, Slovenian area? Because I couldn't uh, so pinpoint it. It's, uh, it's within our service area, but that's pretty large. So it's to the east of Asia Town um, by about 20 blocks. Mm-hmm. So it's at 60, in the 60s on St. Clair. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I mean, around it used, that area. Yeah. Yes. So there's actually three main um, Slovenian sort of settlements in Cleveland, but the largest one was always on St. Clair. And mm. so the Slovenian National Home is there. St. Vitus Catholic Church is there. Um, so there's these anchors that are already in place there. And, you know, the Slovenian yeah. community, although they have moved into other communities over time, mm-hmm. they, a lot of them come right back into our neighborhood every weekend or for weddings and funerals and things like that. Is there a sign there that says Slovenian... Well, so there's not, but what we've been doing is... Because in Parma, there is an area called Ukrainian Village. Right. And they have a sign there on the street in Ridge Road. Right. Well, you know, it's changed over time. And so I don't really want to, um, you know, we're trying to brand that neighborhood, but I don't yeah. want to call it Little Slovenia because that doesn't do, it's not a testament at all to the people that are there today. Oh. And it's much more ethnically diverse now. Um, and it's not just, you know, so it's not just, there are Slovenians there, obviously, but there's, you know, African-American, Ethiopian, um, Latino... Um, uh, Serbian, Croatian, you know, so there's all sorts of different people that are there mm-hmm. now. And I just didn't feel, yeah. you know, yeah. like we should do a big branding effort around yeah. one group that was there historically. But truthfully, it is a historic center for the Slovenian community. And we did want to find ways to celebrate that. <laughs> and um, so Kurentovanje is is one such way. So it starts with an amazing parade with all of these Kurents. And we're encouraging anybody from any ethnic group or any group whatsoever to uh, to join the parade. So if anybody wants to sign up, if we wanted to get any um, of Are the, you looking at me? I'm looking at you because <laughs> you have you're you're in connection with so many different troops. But we're getting some really interesting um, groups signing up. In Slovenia, you would have. Um, um, you would have the kurens, but you would also have, uh, you know, I've heard that people dress as like chess pieces or, wow. you know, crazy outfits, whatever they want to come up with. Yeah. And the parades happen every day for about 10 days. Here, wow. we're doing it for one day. But this is uh, the Slovenian community is really excited about it because for them, it's going to be um, like their St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Um, and you should go dress like night pieces from chess there you go you're the horse i don't know <laughs> i'll be the black knight i'll be the white knight <laughs> there you go <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead yeah. <laughs> well i encourage it that would be great <laughs> <laughs> well no no we interrupted you but but um but will you make the costume i'll march right march march, march, march first, first. Yeah, we have time 
Yeah. You, and uh, once again, do you know what time it will be? So um, we have a lot of youth programming starting earlier in the morning. So there's crafting and things like that for kids that'll start at 9 a.m. at the Slovenian National Home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if the kids, they, they have face painting, things like that. So they can make little costumes for themselves and actually march in the parade if they want to. Nice. Um, or just keep it on for the rest of the day. So a lot of fun for kids. Um, and then at uh, noon is when the parade starts. And at one o'clock is when all of these sort of indoor events happen. And that's all sorts of music ranging from polka to, you know, like DJ Kishka and others um, that'll be during the day from one until six. And um, that is a lot of fun, you guys. Yeah, so, you I know, imagine. I mentioned that the Slovenians want this to be like their uh, St. Patrick's Day. Well, you know what everyone does, does on St. Patrick's Day, and that's drink a lot of <laughs> <laughs> it's basically yeah uh, basically right green so, beverages exactly green, yes. so in slovenia they have something called uh, slivovitz and i don't know if you guys have ever had that but this is one of the strongest it's a plum brandy and it is oh. so strong and sometimes it's really really gross but um they they also have some that's very well made and um and sometimes it's flavored too with honey or lemon um and they do this thing called the shotski which is, uh, I thought it was Polish or something like that, like shot ski, but no, it's a shot ski, um, meaning that it's an actual ski or <laughs> oh half, my goodness. half of a log, basically, with <laughs> holes drilled into it that hold shot glasses that are f- that's filled with Slivovich. And so three people have to go up and take a shot all at the same time. So you'll definitely have a headache in the morning. Let's I can go. pretty much guarantee Well, you. I'm pretty sure Aaron will be our designated driver. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Come on. We'll do it, Alex. That's right. I'm, I'm in for a party. <laughs> or we can just, you know, hang out and chill It would out be nice to see uh, two costume people on the road drunk. <laughs> <laughs> With the horses running away With from the horses running away <laughs> and Aaron, like, standing over us and saying, let's go home. <laughs> Actually, I could quite see it the other way around. I'll be standing over you and Aaron. That's yeah, a possibility. I'll, I'll end up being the one driving. <laughs> that usually happens. Sounds like fun. It is. It's a great event. So I really encourage everyone to make it down and see something totally different than what you've seen before. Oh, yeah. So once again, the date is March 1st, uh-huh. 2014. The time is noon. Noon is when the parade starts. Mm-hmm. And if parents want to get there earlier, there's going to be um, the kids crafting stations. There's also going to be krofe mm-hmm. um, and coffee. So krofe is, is a Slovenian donut. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have those hot and fresh ready for people. I want that. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah. I, I love donuts. It's kind of like the apple cruel. Yeah. Yeah. You ate all of mine. Yes. That one time we went exactly. apple picking. Exactly. Unforgettable because <laughs> I ate it all. It was pretty good. <laughs> and then at uh, noon is the parade and at one o'clock is when all the events start. And there's going to be tons of Slovenian food, Eastern European food, mm. you know, kielbasi. And, nah. Oh, my favorite. Uh, yeah. All sorts. Of, oh, yeah. You would definitely <laughs> love that. Yes, you you were eating the actual meat, not the yes, food. not the food. I yes. just had. I think this will be there too. I just had this the other night in our plant where we've been planning for this event. So somebody brought in chibabchichi, um, which are if you've ever had kebabs, mm-hmm. uh, yes. So not the kind that they slice off the side of mm-hmm. the the rotating meat. It's actually like more like meatballs, but these are sort mm-hmm. of uh, it's like sausages. They're made from lamb, pork, and beef usually. Ooh. And, smorgasbord there. Oh, I know. <laughs> the the holy trinity, right? Yes. Yeah. So and there, but without the casing on it. So Ooh. and then you just put it into a oh. bun or into a, a wrap of some sort. Serve it with some raw onion. Will amazing. they have that in March one? They will have that okay. there. Yeah, you guys like <laughs> meatballs. I'm like raw onion. Yeah. 
Now, the last thing is the location. So the location is at the Slovenian uh, National Home, mm -hmm. which is at Addison and St. Clair. So that's uh, about 6400. It's, a, it's not the exact number, but it's about 6400 St. Clair. Um, and that's where the party is. There's also an after hours that's going to start at 6 p.m. at Sterley's mm -hmm. uh, Slovenian Country Home, which is right around the corner on East 55th about a block south of St. Clair. Uh, the corner is Bona and St. Clair. Now, what about parking? So there's tons of parking behind the uh, Slovenian National Home, mm -hmm. um, and there's some other parking lots that'll be open that day from uh, manufacturers in the area. There's also parking at Sterley's, and you can actually leave your car at Sterley's if you're going to park there and then walk over to the festivals and then go back to Sterley's. So they're okay with that. And, um, and then there's going to be a lot of street parking also. But... Um, we we've been watching from the Cleveland flea that these events I mean people really have a nostalgia for that area so there's a lot of people that come out for these events and so though you, you may have to park on the street that's that's fine by me yeah so was hoping that it's a good it's good weather during the day so ladies and gentlemen this sounds like a great event do not miss it March 1st um, starts parade starts at noon uh, there are other events before that and the location is approximately 6400 St. Clair Avenue, downtown Cleveland. So my next question is, what's new at the St. Clair Superior Development Corporation? So we're, there's really never a dull moment at St. Clair Superior. Um, so little background, our area that we service uh, really stretches from uh, the inner belt Mm -hmm. uh, basically East 30th all the way out to Martin Luther King. Wow. So it's yeah. a huge area. It's over four square miles. We've got, you know, lakefront. We've got the Slovenian community. We have the Asian community. We have, you know, there's 23 different languages or dialects alone <laughs> spoken in our neighborhood. So it's a really dynamic place with a lot going on. And, you know, and it's not just culturally diverse. We've got um, uh, manufacturers and you know so and it's economically diverse we have high-end office too so um, lots of the arts as we mentioned before so again we're it's a super fun place to both live and work um, you know some of the things that I mentioned before for example the Cleveland flea that's gonna get started again in April nice uh, it is the second Saturday of every month um, this started off so modest and, and simple <laughs> at the beginning of uh, 2013, where we probably had about 20 vendors and I'd say about 500 people showed up for it, you wow. know, which is a nice little turnout. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was very hipster, very yeah. cool. Um, mm -hmm. They serve beer there so you can walk around and shop with a beer. Um, by the last one that we had in November, which was the holiday flea, we had 10,000 people that wow. came through the doors. Wow. Uh, it's incredible how uh, this has just um, escalated in size every single month. And it started off with people that, of course, you know, as somebody who loves the city and lives in the city, we, we see all these other people that, you know, love the city and live in the city also. Um, and that was what the first event was like, and I knew everybody, so it was kind of like a fun social gathering. By the end of it, everybody was from the suburbs. I really had no idea who they were. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they just descended on our neighborhood, which was really incredible to see, uh, you know, all these people uh, parked up and down 55th, for example. Um, all the parking lots were full. It was great. Hopefully we can make that bigger through the radio. Oh, yeah. We just need to remember that uh, yeah, we need to promote it at the end of the Saturday. month because it's yes. two weeks after Second yeah. Saturday every Second month. Second Saturday in every April. month. Yeah, and that's the Cleveland Flea, and it's you know not your traditional flea. It's a very curated experience. So 
you it's not just somebody who is dumping out everything from their attic or whatever and you have to sort through it it's actually handmade goods or vintage finds um, architectural salvage and you can take classes like I've taken a class on uh, coffee roasting and Ooh, I'd a, like to take that there was <laughs> there was one on urban chicken farming that Doug Tratner uh, from mm. Cleveland scene taught and that was really interesting yeah Cleveland flea was very impressive I was there for the holiday flea and I couldn't even walk it was so crowded what? and oh. I was carrying my camera bag behind me I was like that was a big mistake <laughs> yeah we, so, we'll definitely have to check that out yeah. I like the chicken farming too chicken farming and coffee roasting yeah although the chicken won't last so I was year. thinking about <laughs> for, the, for, the, for, for the next one I probably gonna do some um, uh, pumpkin rolls and sell them at the flea market pumpkin what? Yeah, no pumpkin you rolls. have to make your dumplings and sell that you're just gonna yeah. make one pumpkin roll and sell that one piece <laughs> I, I saw them selling that I was like that's a pretty good idea so I should get a, a booth there too and sell stuff yeah do it do it <laughs> do I will it. visit you <laughs> um, so other things that are going on um, one of the big things all in that sort of St. Clair area um, we have raised uh, over half a million dollars in the past year and a half towards yes thank you towards uh, a project called Upcycle St. Clair which is uh, an art-based strategy towards neighborhood revitalization. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start, we're starting to fill in the vacant storefronts on St. Clair with um, artist-driven spaces. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the artists that we talk about in the Asiatown area, they have these great galleries, and, but they're usually tucked away in sort of warehouse buildings and they don't have any retail presence. So they said, we really want retail, but we, we can't man it ourselves because we have daytime jobs, things like that. So um, what we're doing is subsidizing rent for a period of a year and a half to mm. try to get a few stores open that are art-based, basically focused on upcycling, which is um, different than recycling, uh, where you use a plastic for plastic or something like that. It would take uh, it would take an item and reimagine it and add value to it, and therefore it's upcycling. So you could kind of imagine if I gave you one cork you know, from a, a wine bottle, it wouldn't really wouldn't mean a whole lot to you. But if I had a thousand corks, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you'd like want to retile your bathroom or make a, you know, <laughs> yeah, make something, make something. You would think of it, though. I mean, it comes to everybody when they see something in that kind of collectivized sort of way. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea is that we're going to actually have stores that are based on this kind of upcycling art because a lot of the artists in our neighborhood are actually doing that right now. So that's a project that is unrolling all this year and there'll be events associated with that. Um, another thing is, well, this is a, a citywide thing, but I really want to get it out there because um, uh, it's called Garden Walk Cleveland. I don't know if you've heard about that, where mm -hmm. they, it's in June of every year, they um, basically do maps of every neighborhood in Cleveland, and people just for a weekend can go out and visit uh, gardens that residents are actually doing. So mm. not public gardens, but actually huh. like residence gardens. And it's a really cool experience because you will go to a neighborhood that you've never thought to go before. And it might even be one that's sort of low income, but you see that even though somebody might not be able to afford to really have a, a super nice house or really, you know, do a good job fixing it up, they put a lot of pride into their gardens. Um, and where that's more true than anywhere else is Asiatown. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also kind of difficult for us to do outreach in the Asian community um, for language barrier reasons, things like that. And so we've been really trying to get people from the Asian community who live in Asiatown yeah. to open up their um, their yards for people visiting for yeah. a weekend. And that's a lot for people to ask, but that's mm -hmm. what we're hoping. So if anybody knows anybody who lives in the 30s or 40s who wants to kind of show sure, their yeah. amazing gardens, because I seriously, yeah. you walk around there in the summer and 
you'll it's a postage stamp size lot that a lot of these houses have and it is the most amazing you know producer of melons and gourds mm. and like all of these different edible interesting yeah it's incredible to go through asia town so um so that's in june and we'd be seeking people now basically who want to open up their homes so if you guys know anybody or can forward me on to somebody that would be great i know um, some people who live in parma with amazing gardens but I, not really anybody in the it's a little outside of the geographic <laughs> yeah, a little bit outside yeah. of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like how long is superior avenue no yeah. <laughs> extend still parma <laughs> well that sounds like there's a whole lot going on now if anybody wants to um find out more about these events can they go to your website yeah it's stclairsuperior.org Mm -hmm. And you could find out about the Year of the Horse or our Upcycle St. Clair project. Um, there's all sorts of other things, too. I know that, you know, you and I talked about last time I was here about the Asia Town Master Plan. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if we have that information up on the website yet, but mm -hmm. that is completed now. Um, it needs to get past city government. So once it's <laughs> once it's approved uh, and adopted by the city, then we'll be able to post it. Great. Okay. And once again, the website is st. C L A I R Superior, all one word, dot, dot org. Dot org. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in this week on Asia Town Voice. Thank you, Michael Fleming, for coming in to talk about the St. Clair Superior Development Corporation. My pleasure. And anything else, DJ Lexicon? Uh, tune in next week for Mayor Ron Falcone. Absolutely. And Johnny, any last words? Nope. Nope, right. nope, nope. Sorry. <laughs> Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. -bye.